Sally Wigan likes him, and so should you. Adam, I think I think having millennials on the radio is awesome. I don't hate you. God. Adam Crowley. My dogs listen to you when I walk out the door. <laughs> on ESPN Pittsburgh. Danny tweets, at underscore Adam Crowley, I completely disagree with your take on Josh Allen. I think he knew how hateful and racist that was. I know when I was 16, I knew that kind of talk was racist. Anyway, great show. I miss Stat Pat. Why do you, you got to bring Stat Pat up? We're not even going to deal with that part of it. He's in the back working on stats. We don't have to remind people that he's here. We'll talk to Stat Pat whenever Stat Pat is out of timeout. Okay, how about that? We'll pull Stat Pat out of timeout whenever we need Stat Pat. I don't know. As for the rest of it, yeah, I don't know why I'm dying on the Josh Allen Hill. It's really unlike me. It really is. It really is. It's not a take I usually have. And now I'm seeing all the people I'm aligning myself with. Yeah. <laughs> all the people rushing to my fence, uh, defense, pardon me, <laughs> uh, have uh, Confederate flags in their profile pictures, and they're all white, all of them. And now I feel bad. A lot of MAGA going on in those tweets. Not good. Yep. Jim tweets at underscore Adam Crowley. I hope Josh Allen now falls to the Steelers. Tell Rossi he was dead wrong with Toronto winning the cup. Can a tweeter win one of the stars of the day, or do you have to call to be considered? That's a lot packed into one tweet, and that disqualifies you, Jim. Uh, use your 280 characters better. That was poor. Yeah, get off your ass and call in if you want a star. you got to yeah, work for this. You do. We are joined. And I'm very happy to announce that we're joined by Andy from Hitchhiker. He is the head brewer. He's a lot cooler than us. I think we've got a cool job. You make beer. Yeah, yeah it's all right. The way you mean it's all right. It's a lot of cleaning and paperwork. It's not as all cracked up to be. So There's what is moderate drinking, but a moderate amount of drinking. Not a lot of drinking, just moderate drinking. Do you still love beer to the point where you can drink 14 of them on a Saturday? Oh, yeah. Okay, oh, yeah. very good. I mean, I mean, Sunday, that you know, Penguin game on, outside watching the game with a TV on the porch, drinking a bunch of beer. Now, I know of your Mount Lebanon location, because I don't live all that far away from it at all, and we are there all the time in the summer. Uh, you've got two locations, correct? Uh, that is correct. Uh, we have Mount Lebanon, and we have Sharpsburg. And are they both similarly set up? Uh, n- not really. Um, in Mount Lebanon, that's kind of a smaller spot, 750-square-foot uh, tap room, nice outdoor area, uh, perfect for a day like this. Uh, and then in Sharpsburg, it's just a massive facility. Um, it's 12,000 square feet, the tap room. I don't even know the square footage of. Um, we do all production there. We started brewing in Mount Lebanon, but uh, moved to Sharpsburg this June and uh, started cranking out beer there. Uh, and then we're going to open up a beer garden here in a couple weeks. Uh, just started construction on that. Oh, badass. Now, where's that going to be? Oh, that'll be in Sharpsburg. Okay. So, that's awesome. Yeah, yeah, that's way cool. We got to get out to Sharpsburg is what we got to do. Absolutely. You can drive. Uh, actually, Tom will drive. Tom will drive. Yeah, Tom will drive. Tom's Tom will trying drive. to cut out the beer calories. How many different beers do you guys have going on at once, like different flavors? I mean, I'm sure you're always kind of creating and trying to come up with the next new thing, but how many you got at any given time? Uh, in Mount Lebanon, we only have 12 taps, so that's usually occupied by nine beers, and that's usually like the freshest beer because we have a limited selection there. Sharp Star is a little bit different. We have 25 taps. Um, not all of those are filled, but I would say, you know, depending upon the season – how busy we are. It's anywhere from 12 to maybe 20 is the most that we've had at one point. Um, But it just depends on how busy we are and that kind of runs through everything. With like canning and stuff like that, we kind of go through it pretty quick now. Gotcha. Now, are you in charge of all the canning as well? Uh, Yeah, I guess so, yeah. Do you have to do it by yourself? Uh, No, it's like it takes three people. We have a 
fairly automated canning line, but we still need people to load in, load out, and then like someone to pack it into a pack text and put it in cases and on a skid and that sort of thing. So um, roughly three people, but uh, hopefully some automation, we can get it down to two. We're still pretty kind of tiny in that regard. How do you go about releasing new beers? Do Is it something that you, you've got some that are seasonal and you'll bring those out? How many, how many new beers are you developing at any given time? Uh, I mean, it, it depends. Like what we like to do is we always try to have something new, different and interesting. Um, you know, beer's been around for a long time. There's 32 breweries now, or 33 in Allegheny County alone, wow. which is the most of any county in Pennsylvania. And Pennsylvania makes the most craft beer of any state. Uh, so we try to stay pretty different. Um, we'll probably have, at least on a monthly basis, I'd say six new beers at a minimum. Wow. Um, probably. Uh, usually at least one new beer a week for the most part. And if it's something we've done before, we're always trying to ref- like refine, tweak, try to do the, the best thing we can do with that beer, even if it's something that we were happy with before. Uh, complacency breeds mediocrity, so we always try to improve upon that. I like this guy. A lot. And I love Hitchhiker. What do you got for us today? What are we trying? Uh, so Drink some beer. Yeah, yeah, let's, let's drink some beer, get ready for this game. Um, <laughs> we have uh, Far Off Destination, which is a beer that we released today. Uh, it's an American wheat uh, beer, kind of like Oberon, uh, but we conditioned it on uh, two different fruits. Uh, soursop, which is a very strange fruit. Uh, you can only really find it in uh, southeastern Asia and uh, the southeastern U.S. Like Pretty much just the tip of Florida is as far north as it grows. Uh, it's like a very weird like banana, coconut, lychee fruit kind of wow. thing. Uh, and then we also have tangerine in there as well. So this is a 5.5% summer crusher just something you could sit out on the porch all day and drink uh you know nice fruitiness you know you get that coconut that lychee fruit uh from <laughs> the, really the sour sop you get the tangerine citrus and then you have that nice breadiness uh, and kind of a little bit of tartness coming through from the wheat uh just makes it a really refreshing crushable beer which is what we try to do well i just crushed my sample and it wow. is delicious it is something that i will be drinking on my back porch all summer long Dude, crushable is the right word it's a perfect word it's this so goes down good. smooth i was just going to ask andy how did you get into this? What made you want to do this? What's your background like? Because, I mean, the passion that you have, just hearing the way that you describe it, perfect word, crushable. I mean, where, where's this come from? Where's the passion come from? Why'd you want to do it? Um, I mean, I was in my mid-20s. Like, I didn't go to college. I didn't go to school. I had dis- like, I wanted to be a chef, and then I worked as a line cook, and that kind of, like, crushed my, my dreams, uh, like, finding out what that industry actually is. <laughs> uh, so I audibled and, like, went like fell sports term yeah i yeah. fell into a, a like a mortgage position at 19 years old as like a telemarketer and then i was a mortgage broker wow uh so i did that for a long time and then that market kind of went to crap and i ended up in customer service and was like what am i going to do with my life i kind of messed up not going to school all my friends are you know just starting to graduate and getting real jobs and i was like i'm just gonna brew a beer my dad was a home brewer i was like i'm gonna try this out my friend brewed a beer to commemorate his college graduation and I was like, I can't believe you made this in your kitchen. I'd never tried my dad's beer before, but like I knew the concept. I knew about craft beer, just didn't really drink it at the time. And that beer that my friend brewed like kind of sparked uh, the interest in it. And then I borrowed my dad's equipment, and it was like some sort of synapse happened in my brain, and I was immediately just consumed. Everything I did was about beer. I wanted to do this professionally, so I like. I took a shift where I had three days off and I would brew six beers in three days. Wow. Um, and just like tried to become you know, a professional. I would like 
pour anywhere that would have me because I, you know, made so much beer and I hated it so much. I didn't want to drink it. So I would just give it away <laughs> because I was just so critical. Like I couldn't, I still to this day really can't enjoy something without being like ultra critical of what it is. If it's something that we've done, it's like hard to detach myself from that. Yeah. So I just, you know, approached myself was like, Hey, I make beer. Uh, I worked at East End Brewing for a little bit. Shout out to those guys. Uh, and then I was getting laid off from my, uh, my corporate gig. Uh, and the Gary, the owner of Hitchhiker, uh, knew me through a mutual friend. We started talking, and I've been there since pretty much day one. Badass, dude. And he's a good talker, too. He's going to take my job. Yeah, well, I mean, there's a lot of people that could do that, for <laughs> sure. But, yeah, he might be next up in line. So when you started that, when you were doing the home thing, was it the kind of thing where you were just all in, and like you're going in every hour, checking your brew, seeing where it is, like making sure all the equipment's up and ready, and like, oh, where's it at? Is it done yet? Is it done yet? That sort of thing. Yeah, I mean, the first couple times, there's a lot of impatience. Like, yeah, it's, 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 It takes like two weeks, start to finish, roughly. Um, and then like when you start off, you start doing uh, like you bottle, you don't keg. And when you bottle, it takes like two weeks for the beer to naturally carbonate. So you have to wait two weeks to drink it. So that's like the worst part is when you wait for it to carbonate. And it's just like, you know, it's one weekend. You know, it's not carbonated, but you want to drink that beer so <laughs> much. You don't care. Uh, so you just open it up and like you're disappointed. It's not carbonated. It's like wait a little bit longer. And it's like every day you try it until it's finally carbonated. And by that point, it's already gone. So, um you know, definitely very eager, trying to check everything, trying to figure things out, reading as much as possible, talking to whoever would want to talk about beer, uh, and just trying to immerse myself in the business so I could one day do what I'm doing now. I'm, I'm horrible at the game, but I did try my hand in brewing, and, and it ended abruptly when I blew up an entire carboy full of Hefeweizen, and I was trying to make this thing. It blew up everywhere in my garage. I, I still, to this day, have things like caked on the side of different things I own that I've moved with. It was the craziest thing, and I, at that point, I was like, "You know what? This isn't for me." See, and that's yeah. what I actually did. I learned that that's what I needed, and and I did not have one at that point. But uh, yeah, it went ugly for me, so I just reserved myself to drinking them. So I'm glad you make them. Andy from Hitchhiker is the head brewer there, joining us here on the Crowley Show. Uh, we are doing drafts on draft day. We've got draft talk coming up. At 8 o'clock here on ESPN Pittsburgh until the end of the draft. Coming up in about eight minutes, we're going to hear from Brian Metzer of the Penguins Radio Network. What is this one? This uh, this this IPA, correct? Uh, yes. Uh, this is as fresh as it gets. Uh, this is a beer that we haven't even released yet. Uh, it's still on the tank, but I uh, pulled some off, especially for this show. Oh, my God. Nice. Uh, exclusive. 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 As fresh as it gets. Uh, it's a little green still, uh, but it's called A Place in Time. Uh, which is a beer that we were canning and releasing Saturday at both spots. Uh, it's a lupulin powder IPA. Lupulin powder is kind of weird. Uh, so, like, when you use hops in beer, uh, usually you either use dry leaf or a pelletized version, which just makes them more shelf-stable. Uh, and when you do that, it's, like, a basically a process that involves heat. And when you involve heat with hops, you lose a lot of the essential oils that are in hops. So lupulin powder is basically freeze-distilled hop oil oh, wow. uh, that we put in the beer and, you know, you use, like, half the amount you would normally use and it's just like extremely strong in flavor so this particular beer uh just a base of barley and oats which is what most of our ipas are uh, and then it has citra and simcoe lupulin powder in it so uh it's extremely tropical it's a little bit piney dank a little bit weedy uh but you also have that fruit characteristic that gets through you know a little bit of orange and citrus and then it has a nice dry finish to it excellent um, also a very crushable beer but you know it it's like it, six, it'll get eight. you yeah, it'll definitely creep up on you for sure. Wow, that's good, too. Hearing this guy 
Andy from Hitchhiker talk about yeah. beer yeah. is like hearing John Ledger talk about the draft. Very crushable. Yeah, would you be available to like re- read me to sleep at night? Maybe yeah, no just kid. say what you just Dear said. <laughs> like every night, come as to you, my house until I fall asleep. Pour IPAs into his mouth until <laughs> yeah. he falls asleep. These are the bedtime stories I want. Yeah, <laughs> I will hold you in my arms oh, with a you. milk bottle of IPA. <laughs> oh my gosh! And, and whisper sweet descriptors. Oh, that is a beautiful thing. All right, I'm out. I'm done. I'm glad we had it done. It uh, it depends on the IPA. I'm not a huge IPA guy. This is freaking delicious. I mean, it, it's not. It's not overly bitter and it's also refreshing and i i don't know if i i might like this better than the wheat yeah i mean like when we make ipas i hate bitterness i mean inherently your body like teaches you like when you have something bitter your first reaction is it's toxic and poisonous that's like your fight or flight reaction to anything bitter so like the new thing is the new england ipas and like they're less bitterness but like Anything we try to do, whether it's a West Coast IPA, a New England IPA, or a fruit IPA, what have you, we just try to balance it. Like, I don't like bitterness. I don't like something that scrapes my tongue yeah. and makes me feel like I have, like, road rash after I drink it. I just want something that's, you know, nice and easy, uh, that's balanced. So we try to do that in all our IPAs. It's very good, and I am going to buy a bunch of it this weekend. Absolutely. This weekend's supposed to be kind of nice, and I think next weekend's supposed to be gorgeous. Yeah, this weekend, though, it's, it's better always, than it's been. It's always drinking weather. So. That's a good point by you. <laughs> yeah, definitely day drinking uh, weather this weekend for sure. Heck yeah. Coming up next, we'll continue to talk to Andy, head brewer at Hitchhiker. He'll be with us until 7 o'clock. Brian Metzer of the Penguins Radio Network. As I started throwing the break, each of the three people here threw their heads back. They're and so good, beer. man. I've been My saying, God. I'm like, I got to talk, but I really want to pound this. Or, or to add to the to the uh, descriptor he had was, uh, I really wanted to crush this. Crushing it. And I did. We got cans. We can shotgun. Yes. Yes. It just keeps getting better. This guy's awesome. <laughs> Brian Metzer as well. Next, Crowley Show. We get it. You want funds for a vacation without the frustration or the money for a wraparound porch without the runaround process. Whatever your plans, a home equity line of credit from First National Bank makes it easier with a simple application and some of the lowest rates around. So you get a great deal without the ordeal. Get started at your local First National Bank branch or visit us at fnb-online.com. Member FDIC, Equal Housing Lender, NMLS number 766529. How many calories do you think are in these beers? Tom, just drink enough to throw up and then it won't matter. Why are you... Now we're in your head. Yeah, I'm... Oh, no. Just worry. wear bigger shirts. I tried that. It's fine. It's already an extra, extra large. Well, run, a, run a lap. We got Andy from Hitchhiker here. He is the head brewer. It is drafts on draft day. Going to hear from our friend Brian Metzer from the Penguins Radio Network in a couple of minutes. We were having this debate off the air. Whether it's better to can or bottle a beer. I'm not going to tell Andy here who's on which side. What do you guys prefer? Uh, I mean, canning, uh, I think, is the way, the way to go, in my opinion. Um, bottles are, are great, but I want to kayak and go to the beach and not have to worry about glass. It's heavier. Uh, you know, it's it's probably better for the beer like long term because when you bottle beer you can create a vacuum to prevent oxygen from going into the bottle and you can't do that with a can because the can would just collapse so bottles have better uh it's called do or dissolved oxygen which is just an indication of 
shelf stability. So bottles are a little bit more shelf stable. But I don't know about you. When I drink beer, I want to drink beer. I don't want to sit on it. So I think can is just a better format. It's easier to transport, especially with a pounder. You don't, I mean, you can get 22 ounce bottles, but you know, I want to, I want a a pint of beer. I don't want 12 ounces. I want a lot of beer. I've I've always argued with friends over this and I've always been a can guy. I like cans a lot and you always get the thing. Oh, it's better if it's in a bottle, it's this, but I mean, there's a couple things that go into it. One bottles let in a lot of light, right? So that, that'll skunk your beer quicker. Right. And it's like, you know, even with a bottle, you can create this vacuum to prevent the oxygen from getting in. But with a can, once you put that lid on, you're not getting any more oxygen in there. So, you know, with a bottle over time, there's going to be oxygen ingress underneath the cap into the bottle. So, like, if you ever open up a bottle of beer, you know, like that piece of plastic that's on the cap, Mm -hmm. that's meant to absorb oxygen. Mm. Because eventually over time, even though it might be really nice and fresh, you know, if you're sitting on it for six weeks, oxygen is going to continually permeate inside underneath that cap and eventually stale the beer. So it's kind of like two different areas but you know for me i can't shotgun a can or i mean i can't shotgun a bottle i can shotgun a can and that's very important you kind of look like a pretentious douche if you're walking around with a 22 ounce bottle too i think it doesn't it doesn't work it doesn't look as good you got the pounder can you look like everyone you're cool you're fine no one's gonna beat you up and like he said, you can take that to the river. You can take it wherever you want. Damn. Anywhere glass not allowed a lot of places. That's and, true. And on the show, most people know that we're klutzes on this show. So I mean, I've dropped a few uh, bottles where I shouldn't have by the pool, but stuff like that causes a lot of problems. Brian passes out a lot. I do. It's a thing. I it's confirmed. Absolutely do. It yeah. is really a thing. A- Cans. Not as bad. Yeah, when I pass out with a can, I can pick it up once I wake up. All good. More from Andy from Hitchhiker. He's the head brewer there in a couple of minutes. First, though, we're going to hear from our friend Brian Metzer of the Penguins Radio Network. Uh, I want to play this clip for Brian. I made a prediction earlier in the show. I got Penguins in six if Malkin misses one game. (laughs) If Malkin misses two games, I got Penguins in seven. If Malkin misses any more than that, I got Capitals. (laughs) Yeah, How's that for hedging your bets? Yeah, damn right, that's hedging your bets right there. How you doing today, Brian? How's what's up, buddy? <laughs> well, the idea is to just make sure you give the right opinion when they happen to be listening. Mm, therein lies the rub, Brian. <laughs> the Capitals have seen this fish before. They're all excited because they get an opportunity to play the Penguins and kind of knock that demon uh, off their back. Do you think that that goes in their favor? Do you think that that helps as motivation, or do you think that this is something they're going to be fighting with over the course of the series? I mean, as much as they try and paint it as a good thing and, you know, they want to sort of exercise those demons, to me, that automatically brings a clench factor for them, in my mind. I mean, this is a team that has lost, not that particular team, but in history, they've lost to the Penguins nine of ten times in these scenarios. That's not something that you should be very proud of. And as I said last year to you and many others and on our Penguins radio network, until the Washington Capitals beat the Penguins, I don't believe that they can. And it's this group of players that I'm talking about because the Penguins' core always seems to beat the Capitals' core in big games. I know it didn't happen late in the season with the division title on the line, potentially, but that still wasn't as big a game. I mean, the Penguins find a way in the playoffs. So uh, I think just by the law of averages, the, the, the Capitals have to come through at some point. But I, I'm still I'm with you, man. I, I got the Penguins in this series. Tonight, I would argue that the Penguins are not the better team. Without 
Evgeny Malkin without Carl Hagelin. That effectively eliminates their second line. So all the depth the Penguins have will be tested, obviously, but the, tep- the depth in-game isn't going to be really what you'd like it to be. So as far as tonight's concern, I worry about that a little bit. Yeah, I'm with you there. I mean, their depth is definitely going to be uh, you know, challenged a little bit, but that said, this is exactly why they went out and got Derek Broussard, so that if one of the big guys went down, they still felt that they were going to be pretty solid down the middle. And the way that they've been able to work with Riley Shane. Uh, he, he looked just fine to me in game, uh, in game six against the Flyers. He was a good defensive presence. I know he didn't light it up offensively, and that's probably the biggest concern because all of that offense that comes with Evgeny Malkin sort of drops off a little bit when you compare him to O'Reilly Shane. And for what I just told you, I found it kind of funny that in, in their desire to keep together that Broussard line, they opted to just put Riley Shane into Geno's <laughs> spot rather than use Broussard as the substitute. So, but generally, did Broussard, Shane down the middle – Still gives you a pretty decent one, two, three punch because I don't know that the Capitals still have three centers that can offset three scoring lines that way. So it's not a terrible look, but it's not Evgeny Malkin. I mean, that's one of the best you know players in North America, if not the planet, and that's a significant loss. So the Penguins have got to weather that storm, but I still feel like they're they're not too concerned about losing Gino for at least a game, maybe two, because they they have that Broussard factor working for them. They do, and that's exactly why Derek Broussard was acquired by GMJR. We're joined by Brian Metzer of the Penguins Radio Network. If we're looking at matchups, and I know Mike Sullivan doesn't like to roll with the matchups, but if Barry Trotz is trying to look for a matchup, I think you'd want to see the Ovechkin unit versus the Crosby unit. And then I worry a little bit, though, about the Oshie and Backstrom line. Those guys are great players. Oshie is has been really a force in the playoffs these last couple of years, and he's playing really well right now despite being hurt. Yeah, I agree. I mean, Nick Backstrom for me, though, he's just a player that for many, many years I looked at him as the best player on the Capitals roster above and beyond Alex Ovechkin. Yeah, he would go out and score all these goals, but Nick Backstrom does a lot of things right. And the fact that they were talking about adding more of a defensive presence to that to that unit by putting Tom Wilson there at times and moving some guys around, I mean, I know he plays with the OB line quite a bit. It's just interesting to me because Nick Backstrom is a guy that has scored big goals against the Penguins. He's gone out and been a big thorn in their side. But I do think you will see Alex Ovechkin's line go up against Sidney Crosby, and then it will be interesting to see if they opt to try and keep Shea's line or Broussard's line against that number two unit. But I do hear you there. DJ Oshie is a big-time performer. He knows how to score goals in big games. He did it against the Penguins at times over the course of his tenure in Washington. And this is going to be the chance to show uh, for him to show Washington's fan base if he deserves that contract that he was given last summer. I mean, was he worth keeping around? Because they had a mass exodus. They let a number of guys go. They let the proven playoff performer and Justin Williams walk away in favor of keeping him. So to have him there now, he's got to make a statement on that second line and help Nick Baxter make a statement. Chris Letang in his career, I think, is a player who can match up well with Alexander Ovechkin just based on his size, his physicality, his ability to be mobile. How do you think he's fared against him in his career? I think generally speaking, I mean, I can't go by 9 too much uh, just when you look at the playoff matchup because he was up against Gill and Scuderi quite a bit right. back then. But when you look at it over these past couple of seasons, I think he's done okay against the man during regular season matchups. They're both on the ice so much for their teams that they're going to play against one another, even if they're not matched up. It's just going to happen. And I think as long as Chris Letang 
Suns too crazy with overthinking situations. He's going to be just fine. I, I thought that when he started to get 25-plus minutes early in the Flyers series, he started to look a lot more like Chris Letang, yeah. and, and that Chris Letang is a very capable player against an Alex Ovechkin. It's when he starts to have those those mental seizures, if you will, where he just inexplicably mishandles a puck, lets a puck go into an area where you, you know he normally wouldn't and creates a scoring opportunity against. He cannot do that against Alex, Alex Ovechkin, because you know as well as I do. If he costs a puck up in space where Obi can put a shot on goal, I would say 80% of the time he's going to find a way to put that shot past your goaltender mm-hmm. or it's going to create a huge rebound opportunity for someone else on his line. So as long as Tanger plays with, to quote Mike Sullivan, within himself, I think he'll be just fine. It's not a matchup that's bad for the Penguins. I, I actually think it could work very, very well. And if you tell Chris Letang, I need you to be a big-time uh, catalyst in stopping Alex Ovechkin, maybe that's something he can thrive and, and sort of eat off of and make himself even better in these playoffs. Brian, how do you slow down this Capitals power play? I think it's zone entries and, hey, don't take penalties. Yeah, that's the biggest thing. Do not take penalties. They scored a power play goal in every game against Columbus. I felt that they used it to really knock off that opponent because when you look at it five on five in that series, the Blue Jackets for long stretches did outplay the Capitals at five on five. So the power play was a big difference maker, and they were able to score three power play goals in one of those games. Penguins have got to stay out of the box. But that said, their power or their penalty kill started to come around a little bit in that series against the Flyers. They were something like 90% in killing them off, and I think that the Flyers had a pretty formidable power play. But the key for the Caps is Alex Ovechkin, for as one-dimensional as that has been with him from the left dot, he's been moving around an awful lot more. He's starting to let shots fly from the top uh, left point. He's been crashing the net a little bit. He scored a couple dirty goals. He's getting those rebound opportunities himself off of shots from maybe Oshie. That's a look if you think back, and you may have mentioned it a couple uh, weeks ago when we talked, that John Carlson was almost a decoy in that situation where they set Carlson up for a shot. So look for all those little wrinkles coming up against the Penguins. They're going to be looking to do everything in their power to score on their power play against this club. So the key is going to be stay out of the box, but you got to limit those looks for Alex Ovechkin because he's now moving around the ice a little bit more, and that's not going to be an easy thing to stop. Speaking of Carlson, he had nine points in that first-round series, and eight of them came on the power play. Yikes. Says a lot, Says a lot doesn't it? It does. Mm-hmm. I, I, that power play, it, it terrifies me. And I, Again, I'm, an, I'm unabashedly a Penguins fan, and I think Penguins fans, and, and like you said, look, they've seen the Penguins beat the Capitals nine out of ten times. But for me, I've seen them the last two years struggle against Washington in the playoffs. Yeah, they won the series, but... They've got some good players over there. When they signed T.J. Oshie to the extension, I know a lot of people said, wow, that's too long and for a lot of money. And I get that, but I also don't like playing against that guy either. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he's, he's an SOB. I mean, to put it bluntly, he's one of those guys that endeared himself to the nation with what he did in the Olympics and all those shootout goals, etc. And everybody thought he's this great All-American kid. Well, when you play against him, I think he agitates quite a bit. He throws the butt end around a little bit. He does some sneaky things, and I don't. Want, I wouldn't call him dirty by any means, but he's a player that you've got to really much look out for because not only his skill, but he'll do those little things to maybe put an injury out there. But he's also susceptible to big hits, so they need to keep an eye on that. The Penguins might be able to knock him off of his game a little bit if they start to try and ramp up the physicality. Now, that said, 
he's a guy that I just told you in the, in the last breath, I feel like this is a make-or-break type of playoff for him. He's got to go out and make it happen and show that he can do it on the big stage of the Stanley Cup playoffs. He didn't often do it for the Blues. He's had his moments for the Capitals, and this is his chance to really redeem his playoff career, if you will, and show that he can do it against this Penguins club. And to that point, though, I want to throw out, you mentioned that the Penguins struggled a little bit in the last two playoffs. I, I feel like the biggest reason why they were able to win those series was goaltending. Matt yeah. Murray did it two years ago. Marc-Andre Fleury did it last year. So he's going to have to find a way to win some games for this hockey club because you know that the Capitals are going to start to roll up some shots on goal, and that alone can be dangerous, be it 5-on-5 five five or on the power play, be it E.J. Oshie, Ovechkin, or whoever else. Matt Murray's got to make those saves and show that he's going to be that guy that the Penguins know he has been in the past during the Stanley Cup playoffs. There he goes. That is Brian Metzer of the Penguins Radio Network. We're joined by Andy, the head brewer at Hitchhiker. Love that place. Love this guy. We'll talk to him a little bit more when we come back. And we've got the hottest take of the day, other crap, and the three stars of the show. I don't know if we're going to fit it in. Let's talk about beer. If we need to drop something, let's not drop beer. We're talking about beer next, the Crowley Show. The Bell Illuminati are at it again with Taco Bell's new $1 triple melt burrito. Loaded with seasoned beef and a decadent blend of three melty cheeses. Three cheeses, one burrito, one dollar. Does that add up to some kind of delicious conspiracy? You do the math. Experience the new $1 triple melt burrito. Only on the dollar cravings menu at Taco Bell. At participating locations for a limited time, prices may vary tax extra. No, Tom, seriously. We're kidding. We're kidding. You look good. Yeah, or it's man. hurt. No, you look good. Did you ever think dude. of that? I did think of that. I, I thought I could use it as motivation, and it's gone the complete other way. Backfiring. It really is. What? You can't have a self-conscious producer, and right now, I mean, you're sweating everywhere. I mean, you look disgusting, and it's, it's affecting your mental ability. Like, dude, you jump right into it again. I'm like, you look sexy, Tom. I did it again. You look extremely sexy. Thank The Pirates took care of the Tigers today, one to nothing. It was a nil-nil affair until the bottom of the ninth, when Eric Dickerson launched a walk-off home run over the right field wall. Drafted in 1983 by the LA Rams, Dickerson, a six-time Pro Bowler, four-time rushing leader, he's had career stops in Indianapolis, LA, Atlanta, and now finally Pittsburgh where he just hit his first walk-off home run of his career. Hey, congrats, Eric. It's been a long time coming. Adam, can I ask you a quick question? Yeah, it's Corey Dickerson, but what's up? Oh. Well, my mistake then. I'm sure Corey Dickerson is an amazing running back in his own accord. <laughs> but hey, I see you sucking on some nice beers in there. Do you mind tossing one my way before I make the trek up to heaven? No problem. Yeah. Oh, beautiful. No beautiful. problem, Harry. I'll be right over. Come on over, Harry. Here you go, buddy. Back to you, Adam. We're going to hear from Andy from Hitchhiker Brewing in a moment, but first it's time for the hottest take of the day. Oh, no. It is time. It is right now. For the hottest take of the day. we got to play the intro. It's time for the hottest take of the day. <laughs> dang, dang, dang. <laughs> so I can't really do the hottest take of the day again because I did it earlier. 
and it was mildly racist, and people were mad about it. So that is the hottest take of the day. Woo! Other crap. Hey, Harry, now that you got the beer, what do you think of it? It's absolutely delicious. Some would say it's to die for. Hoppy, nutty, weedy, all the descriptors. It's fabulous. You're good. Thank you, man. <laughs> Woo! Other crap. The Ball brothers have returned back to the United States due to injuries. Why so blue, balls? Woo! Oh, no. Other crap. <laughs> it just doesn't make sense after that, man. I know. I know. I don't even know if I have any other good ones. <laughs> Woo! Other crap. <laughs> Who do you think should go number one in the draft? I don't know, but you know who does? Condoleezza Rice. Woo! Other crap. You're just going to plow through, aren't you? <laughs> no, I think I'm done with it. I think, I think you got to punt, right? Let's drink some beer. You want to drink some beer? Woo! Other crap. Draft coverage begins tonight at 8 o'clock here on ESPN Pittsburgh. Until then, we talk beer with Andy. It's your happy place. Head Brewer. Hitchhiker Brewing Company. What else you got for him? I mean, I'm hammered. I got plenty. I mean, what? We've tried the far-off destination. It's a weed ale with a soursop. Is, yep. That's how you say it? Okay, and tangerine. That's good stuff. Oh, my God. Got place and time with a... Okay, now I can't pronounce any of this because I'm an idiot, but lupulin powder? Yeah, that is absolutely correct. <laughs> Nailed it. That's an IPA. Both good stuff. Things I could see drinking basically from morning till night. What else we have over there? Did we bring any other stuff in there? Oh, I mean, we got we got all kinds of things over here. Uh, we have double shakes, a coffee imperial porter. Porter, had uh, me a porter. Brian's a porter we guy. Have two other IPAs that we have in cans. Uh, what do you fancy? I like. Let me hit. Let me see that porter. <laughs> let me see you that the porter. sound he just meant. I like. I like. I like kid in candy store right now. I'm getting to try a porter here. Let's see. Yeah, double shakes, baby. Yeah, made with uh, so cold brew coffee. Oh man. Yeah. That was a. That's all over the keyboard. Yeah, Stan spilled it everywhere. Stan's not going to like that. <laughs> Sorry, um, Stan. So, uh, coffee porter. Uh, so we normally do this beer. It's called the Shakes. It's just a regular like six percent uh, coffee porter. Uh, this is an imperial version. Uh, we did cold brew coffee in it, and then we also conditioned it on a ton of coffee beans uh, from Nineteen Coffee in Washington County. Uh, it's Ethiopian Yurga Chef. Uh, so it's like a very fruit-forward <laughs> coffee, a lot of blueberry, but it also has like a lot of toffee, caramel, praline kind of notes to it. 8.5%, um, so big, heavy, boozy, uh, but not so much body that you're not going to want to drink a pint of it. Still crushable. Still crushable. Still, I mean, that's a 32-ounce can you're drinking from. You could shotgun that if you were so inclined. Wow. So you can kind of smell the coffee going into this. Mm. Like you can kind of get you get a little bit of an aroma. See, now I'm getting all deep in beer. Now you like are I'm an aroma guy. You are. You guys like, are talking me out of the show here. Can I have a, a taste of your porter? Absolutely, bro. It's your show. Here you go. Yeah. You guys also can't see this, but Brian used his hand to kind of waft the smell. I of did the beer waft. To his nose. I did waft. Very, Brian, can you please pass me one of the uh, little That's plastic cups over here? Exactly. Would you like me to waft for you? Uh, I can waft myself. I you appreciate sure? that. You can Dutch waft me later, though. <laughs> I can't that? wait. Yeah. Oh, shoot. I just did the same thing and almost swore in the air. This is our draft coverage, by the way, here on the Crowley Show. We pour beers. 
and we talk about beers because let's face it, anybody who's talking on that station across the street about the draft today, I don't know what the hell they're talking about. They didn't watch any of these players play. Uh, maybe one here or there against their favorite college football team. We're gonna drink beer and talk about it. My God, that porter's good. You're a porter guy. I am, and that's a good porter. Wow. Yeah, I'm in. I'm in. Has about as much caffeine as a half cup of coffee. It's in a pint of that. Coffee and porter? Yeah. I mean, these are the only things I drink. I drink coffee basically until 9 o'clock at night, and then I move to a little bit of water. But, like, this is perfect. I can drink this all day. Wow. Sean you just tweets, have to drink twice as much to get the caffeine. And at that point, you won't I'm care. down. I'm down. <laughs> Sean tweets at underscore Adam Crowley. Dude, the noise has got to go as well as Harry. You're losing me. We'll get lost then. Get out of here. What noise? I don't know. Yeah, actually, what noises? Oh, probably other crap. Tom, play it again. Woo! Get the hell out of here, Pete! Yeah, noises. We don't need you up in this show, Sean P. Get the hell out of here! Hey, Sean, I'd like to invite you on a one-way trip straight to hell. <laughs> and when you're there, no, say hello no, to my no. wife. Say hello to my wife Just whenever you're there. Know. Yeah, shut up. Step back, get the hell out of the studio. Jeez. Woo! Other crap. Jung Ho Gong just got a work visa. The surcharges will be going up all around this town for Lyft and Uber and such. Woo! Other crap. Good day to be a chauffeur. Woo! Other crap. Just play the sounder again. Woo! Other crap. This porter is freaking awesome. Woo! Other crap. Woo! Other crap. Woo! Now you're just playing with Other the crap. Uh, we, we need the we need the uh, breaking news sounder too. Just play everything we got. Play everything we got. <laughs> everything the show. at the same time. Everything we got. The, the whole thing. hell is going on? We interrupt our regularly scheduled program for this breaking news update on ESPN in Pittsburgh. Uh, who are you, Sean? Screw you, you dirty dog. Suck it, Sean. He's pounding down. Got some vampire in there, too. Hey! You guys got any more of those no. beers in there? Yeah, Harry, we do. I gassed mine pretty quickly. We good, Sean? We good. Last couple of things for Andy here. As we talk about <laughs> beer, instead of hockey and football, our coverage of the draft begins at 8 o'clock, by the way. It's going to be super serious at that point. Yes. Real serious draft talk. There will no be no beer. No beer. No. Although I'm doing tomorrow from 9 till midnight and I'll already be housed. No, that's you. What do you guys got going on this weekend and summer? I'm sure you guys pick up big time. Yeah, I mean, so the beer garden in Sharpsburg should be open hopefully by the end of May. Uh, this weekend, though, we have uh, Place and Time, that Lupulin Powder IPA in cans that drops at both locations in Mount Lebanon and Sharpsburg. Uh, and we're just going to be continuing to uh, crank out beer. Uh, you can find us at like eight Giant Eagles right now. We're going to start to make our way into Whole Foods. Uh, so if you can't make your way to the South Hills or Sharpsburg, you have your ability to you know stop in your local Giant Eagle, pick up a four pack of some cans if you want. Uh, but we're just going to continue to make better and better beer and 
do what we do. Which location do you usually hang out at? Uh, I hang out at both. I mean, I work in Sharpsburg. That's that's like my residence uh, as far as you know, nine to five kind of thing. Uh, but I live in Mount Lebanon. So uh, if you drink in Mount Lebanon and you're stopping in on a weekday, you can probably find me at the bar drinking a beer, uh, hanging out, having a good time. Um, weekends, I'm in Sharpsburg usually. Uh, but, you know, if you see the dude with squinty eyes and a backwards hat, say what's up. And a very bad beard. That's me. Nice. Better than Crosby's. That is for sure. <laughs> it's time for the three stars of the show. Third star. Tonight's third star of the show, Adam Crowley. I did it two days in a row. I got penguins in six. Oh. If Malkin misses for Tom as one game. <laughs> if Malkin misses two games, I got penguins in seven. If Malkin misses any more than that, I got capitals. How's that for hedging your bets? Second star. Second star of the day. John Lanyard. Does Sam Donald look like a guy who's going to get fat one day? <laughs> a lot of people say that. A lot of people say he's a punchable face. I don't know why. They just like <laughs> he's, he's a little heavily jowled, right? He has a, he has a, he has a thick cheek, high cheekbone. Maybe that's why. First star. And tonight's first star of the show, Andy from Hitchhiker. All right. Yeah. Brewing Company. Yeah, would you be available to like re- read me to sleep at night? Maybe yeah, no just kidding. say what you just said. <laughs> like every night, come As to my you, house and just until pour, I fall asleep. Pour IPAs <laughs> into his mouth until yeah. he falls asleep. These are the bedtime stories I want. Yeah. See, <laughs> I will hold you in my arms <laughs> oh, with a you. milk bottle of IPA. <laughs> oh my gosh! And, and whisper sweet descriptors. Oh, that is a beautiful thing. Appreciate your time, man. Thank you so much for coming on. It's been fun. No problem. Thanks for uh, for having me and having us. Not to make Who you uncomfortable. But I'm in love, frankly. We're doing it again. <laughs> you don't have a choice. That's all right. She doesn't have to hear. <laughs> Thanks to Andy from Hitchhiker Brewing. Thanks to Hitchhiker overall. They are badass. Go out. Support them. So support your local breweries this weekend. Pens caps tonight. Our draft coverage beca- begins at 8. Penguins be 1-0 tomorrow. I'm hammered. You can't even talk. I'm destroyed. I'm crushed. <laughs> Ha, 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 ha,